This episode of Stick Like Blue Radio is brought to you by Jim Palmer's Create Your Dream Business Now Academy, a one-of-a-kind business growth event where Jim will personally teach you how to market and grow your own dream business. You'll learn some of the best marketing and business building advice, all in a pitch-free zone. Jim will reveal step-by-step how to create a million-dollar platform, and you'll learn how to generate a ton of content with ease and how to attract a steady stream of new customers. At Dream Business Academy, you'll network with other successful entrepreneurs and also learn from rock star entrepreneur and Jim's personal mindset coach, Melanie Benson-Strick. This not-to-be-missed event is May the 4th through the 6th in beautiful San Diego, California, and will quite literally transform your business. Do not miss it. Get all the details and register today at www.dreambizacademy.com. That's dreambizacademy.com. Hi, I'm Bob Berg, co-author of The Go-Giver and author of Adversaries and Two Allies, and you're listening to Stick Like Glue Radio. Welcome to Jim Palmer's Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Jim Palmer is a marketing and business building expert, author, speaker, and an in-demand coach. He's the founder of the Dream Business Academy and Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind Program. Jim is the host of Newsletter Guru TV, the hit weekly web TV show based on Jim's smart marketing and business building advice. Check it out at www.newsletterguru.tv. And now, please welcome the host of Stick Like Glue Radio, Jim Palmer. Well, hello there, everybody. Welcome to another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio. This is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Those are great things in any business. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach. As always, I'm committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. I'm really excited about this week's show. We're going to talk about something we don't often talk about business credit, why it's important, why you need it, and I've got one of the foremost experts. His name is Ty Crandall. Let me tell you a little bit about Ty. Ty Crandall is an internationally known speaker, author, uh, pod show host, and business credit expert with over 16 years of financial experience. Ty is recognized as an authority in business credit building, business credit scoring, and business credit repair. Ty is the author of two popular books on credit named Perfect Credit, and the second one is called Business Credit Decoded. He is often interviewed on radio and news shows, TV programs, and magazines, including Entrepreneur and Inc. Ty currently serves as the CEO at Credit, where he has helped create and grow one of the biggest and most credible business coaching operations in the United States. Ty, thanks for being on my program. I appreciate you making time for us today. Oh, thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here. Well, great. You know, we this is a show where I have a lot of entrepreneurs and small business owners, and I often talk because it's kind of my wheelhouse about marketing and business building strategies, but I love interviewing people on a variety of topics. I was just talking with a gentleman um, a little bit before this show about uh, the, right pro- the right entity, you know, whether you should be a sole proprietor or LLC. So once in a while, I think we gotta we got to eat some of our vegetables, <laughs> you know, to go with all the pie that we like to eat once in a while and talk about the, the, the important things in business. And I certainly think business credit is one of them. So, you know, 
so Ty, when when I started my business for 14 years ago, you know, like many people, I just started it with an old computer at my dining room table. I just because I didn't do anything different, I was a sole proprietor by definition. And then I wised up and started growing and became an S corp and things like that. But I also remember when I started, I had no money. And the only credit I really had was I had credit through credit cards because, you know, up until that point I had done well for myself, so I had probably a dozen credit cards with nice lines of credit. But there was a point in my um, business about six years in when I wanted to be a real business and and pay off my personal credit cards and just have a business line of credit, and nobody would give me one. And I don't think it was because of my credit score. And there will be a question here, but I'll show you where I think we're going. But, you know, because I I was basically a consultant and things like that, I had no inventory. I had no assets. So to speak, it was just me, and I think that was a, a turnoff for people. So let me get to my first question: What exactly is business credit, and how, you know how can entrepreneurs, how should they be thinking about that? Well, I think you hit on a lot of points there, and I think that your story is very similar to most entrepreneurs I talk to. Where you know fundamentally the problem is is that when people start a business, they don't know where to go to get money. Um, so statistically, about 74% of people will go to their own family, their friends, or use their own personal funds, and the majority of people use their own personal credit to start funding their business. And there's all kinds of problems that arise from that, and one of which is just capacity. You know, when you use consumer credit, consumer credit wasn't designed to fund a business. So your limits are significantly less than what you'd find with business credit. So the problem is is you can eat up a lot of your limits on your consumer cards trying to start a business and in doing so you tank your consumer credit scores cuz 30% of your consumer scores utilization, what percentage of your limit you're using. So I think a lot of people get into this rut and in doing so they try to use personal things such as credit cards to fund a business. Then they damage their personal credit. Then when they try to go in and apply for loans and credit lines down the road, it creates an issue. So more than likely what you described, part of the problem was was that you didn't have business credit established. And what a lot of people don't know is when you go to get a bank loan, when you go to get a credit line, they're going to pull your personal credit if you provide your Social Security number. But they're also pulling your EIN credit. So what business credit fundamentally is is it's a credit profile and score that's linked to your EIN number. So you're obviously familiar with consumer credit. You touched on a couple points saying, hey, look, my consumer credit was good. I don't. I know that wasn't the problem. You're right. The problem probably was that they pulled your EIN credit, realized you had no credit profile, you had no credit score. You're applying for business financing, so you met the same outcome that you would meet if you were trying to get a consumer loan with absolutely no consumer credit profile and score. You know, so that's what business credit is. Fundamentally, it's a credit profile score that's linked to your EIN. It's not linked to your personal social, much the same as you've built a credit profile linked to your social that you can use to buy all kinds of things in the personal world. Your business can also establish its own credit profile and score that can be then used to get all kinds of financing and credit in the business world. So is it possible for a business to actually get business credit without a personal credit check? Because um – you know, even even today, 14 years later, I mean, I don't know. I'd love to have you explain what kind of credit history or profile you got tied to your EIN number, other than paying your taxes on time. I mean, is it our? How does that work? Well, think of it like this. We know Tim Cook isn't personally guaranteeing Apple's $100 million credit line, right? So we know with big companies that it exists because we know their owners, their presidents, their CEOs. 
We know these guys and ladies are not personally guaranteeing for the business. What most people don't realize is that any business can accomplish the same feat. The reason that Apple has $100 million credit lines and Walmart has the same is because they've established very deep credit profiles and scores. So they have a lot of trade lines. They have a lot of history for their business showing good payment history, and it's that history that then qualifies them for this credit. So any business can do this. You just have to follow certain steps to establish a credit profile and score for your business and then use that to start qualifying for credit. Now, here's, here's kind of the hang-up that you kind of touched upon. You'll never get an application that doesn't ask you for your social. They always will because if you're willing to give it to them, they'll willfully accept it. If you're willing to personally guarantee your debt and give them more information, including your personal credit, hey, they're not going to stop you. They're going to take it. But what most don't realize is you don't need to do that. If you establish some credit, you established a profile for your EIN, and you went in to apply for an Office Depot card, and you left your social off the application, well, then what happens is you're forcing them to only pull your business credit and use that business credit to determine <clears throat> approval. And if you have a credit profile, credit score, three, four, five trade lines that show you've paid as agreed, then what happens is you get approved for that Office Depot card without a personal credit check. You didn't even supply your social, so they couldn't check your personal credit. And then as a result of that, you also have no personal guarantee on that card as well. Are, just out of curiosity, are the credit bureaus in the consumer side of the world, are they the same as in the business world, or is it two different animals? It's very similar. I mean, you know, in the consumer world, we have TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, and in the business world, we have Equifax and Experian commercial, but the biggest player is somebody that has really no place in the consumer world, which is a company called Dun & Bradstreet. So Dun & Bradstreet is the, you know, 800-pound gorilla in the room. They've got about 220 million business records on, you know, in their database uh, worldwide. Experian's the next closest with 20 million, a tenth. So DNB is really the main driving business credit reporting agency in the business world, and that's who you're going to be building credit with. You're going to be building credit with DNB. You're going to be building credit with Equifax and Experian Commercial in the business world. I see. Does it matter um, what type of business entity structure you have? Does that affect the credit that you're able to get or how it's built? Like if you're a sole proprietor, are you still tied to your Social Security number at that point? Well, you touched upon this earlier, and, and the reality is any entity can build business credit following the exact same steps. But the problem is, is by default, certain entities make you personally liable. So a sole proprietorship or partnership, those type of entities, you are the business. So as a result of that, you'll always be personal liable for what happens within your business. And this is why attorneys and doctors have to have those kind of entities, such as partnerships. They have to be personally liable for what happens for malpractice reasons. But the rest of us have a choice. We can choose the entity that we have, and we want to choose a corporation or an LLC because by default, those mean we're not personally liable for what takes place within the business. So not only can we build business credit for those entities, but we also will have to worry about the liability because those entities by default mean we're not liable for what happens within the business. Gotcha. You know, I'm, I'm going to be a little vulnerable and share one of my uh, one of my mistakes early on. I thought that if I had credit cards, um, and you know, so when I started getting credit cards, in addition to the ones I had in my own personal name, I started getting some in the business name. But I think when I got those, they were tied to my personal name. They just let me put my business name on the card, and I I assumed that those were business debts and. 
for I mean it doesn't matter now I completely paid off you know all my debt thankfully but at the time I thought it those that's business debt so it weighed a little less heavy on my mind if you know what I'm saying Ty and then someone pointed out nope it's got your name on it it's tied to you that is uh, that's a personal debt I hear this all the time. I, I mean, this is one of the biggest mistakes business owners make. We get cards in the mail. They say, hey, apply for this business card. We provide our social, which means they're basing it on our personal credit, and we're personally guaranteeing it. And the worst part is, is in a lot of those cases, it reports to the consumer credit reporting agencies. It doesn't even report to the business credit reporting agencies. The only difference is you're giving them an EIN, and your company name is on the card. Now, some of those accounts will report to the business reporting agencies. Some will report to both. Some will report to consumer only. So you're describing a very common belief or problem that a lot of entrepreneurs face. And what they need to know is that it, those applications are fine, but if they're not willing to approve you and you have some business credit established, if they're not willing to approve you based on that EIN only, <clears throat> you just need to accept the fact that you're going to be providing a personal guarantee and credit check. The only way around that is to leave the social off the application to qualify based on your EIN alone. Hmm. Very, very interesting. So it's like you don't have enough to learn when you're an entrepreneur and you're going a thousand miles an hour. You got about you got to think about that stuff too, right? Um, well, yeah, especially if you want money. I mean, you know, capitalization is what makes any business thrive and be successful. And the the cool thing, Jim, is that you can know these things, you can control these things, and when you are empowered with that knowledge, you have access to a lot more credit, a lot more money, and it just makes it easier to grow with having access to that. And the peace of mind it gives you. So um, your second book, which is called Business Credit Decoded, um, Chapter 3 deals with business credit scoring. Is that – how is that – I mean, is that essentially the same? You pay on time if you're late or what kind of credit lines you have? What is your, what is your debt to income? Is it similar to the, how you do it on the personal side? Well, you know, with the business credit world, that's one of the massive benefits of business credit. You know, in the consumer credit world, if you have no credit, you've got to go out and get accounts, pay them as agreed, and FICO will make you wait six months to even give you a score. And then what happens is you just get into this very confusing score that is FICO. FICO has five components, and for example, payment history is 35%, utilization is 30%. You're dealing with length of credit history, you're dealing with credit mix, you're dealing with new inquiries. So it really is designed where it takes many years of well-disciplined borrowing to ever get a good FICO. Because, for example, you need to have a good credit mix, which means you need to have one to two mortgages, one to two car loans, three credit cards. Well, when you go to apply for new credit, you then lower the aspect of your score that has to do with new inquiries. So when you get new credit and you get a new car loan, well, then you owe what the original loan amount was, so you're overutilized, so you lower that part of the score. So it's kind of designed where it's, it's a tug and pull where on one end you improve one aspect of the score while hurting another, and this is why it takes years to get a good score, even six months to even get a score with FICO. But the main score in the business credit world is known as the Paydex score, and it's offered by Dun & Bradstreet. And what's beautiful about Paydex is it's only based on how you pay. It's kind of what well, we would all like our credit scores to be based on. If you pay your bills on time, you get a good score. If you pay them late, you get a bad score. How late you pay determines how bad the score is. So what's nice about business credits, if you get some accounts that report to the business reporting agencies, you pay them on time or early, you're immediately awarded with a good score. So you can not only get a good score in about 60 days, but you can use that score to start getting, you know, 
two to five thousand dollar limits at real stores like Amazon and Dell and and Office Depot literally within sixty to ninety days using that established business credit score to get you approved. Hmm. You know, so for people that need uh, to have their credit repaired, you know, so they went through some troubling times and things like that. How are how do they best do that? I mean, do they? Because you know, I've seen I've seen like my credit report. You know, when we refinanced our home and stuff. I mean, it's gigantic. And do you do you, do you actually just go through there? And how do you possibly remember? I mean, sometimes there's stuff showing on there from well, it's your entire history, I guess. Is that something that's best? You just go to somebody who's qualified to do that, or do you just have to kind of sit there and go through it? It's kind of like tax time. Get get your butt in the chair and go through it. Well, I think everybody at least should review their credit report once a year. And, you know, annualcreditreport.com is the only place you can go to legitimately get a free credit report. Um, there's a lot of monitoring services that will charge you after a month of, of getting your free report, for example. So that's a place you can go to get your free report. Everybody should look at their report once a year. And, you know, in the consumer world, consumer credit reporting is governed by a law called the Fair Credit Reporting Act, the FCRA. Now, the FCRA has three requirements for any items that report on a credit report. One, it must be 100% accurate. It must be, two, 100% timely or within the statute of limitations it's allowed to report. And three, it must be 100% verifiable. So what happens is a lot of people get into trouble here or there. Things happen. They get damage on their credit report. But unfortunately, in a lot of cases, and in my opinion intentionally, creditors manipulate some of this, da this data to make the damage worse than it needs to be. So this is why credit repair is so effective because when people dispute negative items on their credit report, you know, from my experience, about 80 to 90 percent of the items disputed won't meet those three criteria required by FCRA, and they get deleted. So this is why anybody should go through a process of disputing any negative information on their credit report because even if you look at the account and go, yeah, I paid that account late, well, that's not really what matters. What matters is, is that account being reported 100 percent accurate, timely, and is it 100% verifiable? If it's not, it needs to be deleted, even if the account was legitimate or not. And that's important to note, because it doesn't matter if the account was yours or not yours. What matters is that these little codes they put on the account that could really tank your score if they're done incorrectly, and this is why any negative information should be disputed, just to make sure that it meets that requirement of accuracy, timeliness, and that it's verifiable. Whether you do it on your own or a company, I think that's kind of up to your audience to decide. Um, if you find a good legitimate company, in my opinion, it's well worth it to have somebody that knows what they're doing for 100 bucks a month or so, working on it on your behalf um, if you're dealing with a legitimate company. But that's not to say you have to. You can easily go through those steps yourself, research online, figure out how to dispute these things, and do it on your own. So I think that's a choice of the audience, but regardless, they should get a report, review the report, and dispute any information that's negative or inaccurate. Okay. So, you know, you mentioned earlier, Ty, there's three reporting agencies on the personal side, um, TransUnion, Equifax, and Experian. But there's also something called FICO. I know, you know a lot of people are doing this now, but, for example, when I get my monthly Discover card, it, it has your FICO score. What is FICO, and is it a combination of all three of those that I just mentioned, or is something different? Well, FICO is a company that actually issues credit scoring. So what they do is they basically deal with algorithms that take data um, of a, an individual, and then they basically create this to a score that determines your risk of the 
So ultimately, they're looking, for example, at your risk of going 90 days late in the next 12 months' time. And based on whatever your risk is there, they then calculate and give you a score. So they have a lot of different scores. They've got you know, at least 12 what are called scorecards, which have to do with scores for individual industries. So, for example, this is why your mortgage score has never been the same as your auto score. Like if you go today and apply for a mortgage, they're going to tell you your score is 725, and then you go to apply for a car loan, they might tell you it's 655. And it's because these scorecards weight things more heavily into the score. So, for example, a mortgage score looks at past mortgage history and gives that more weight into the score than anything else. A car car company weights car history heavier into anything else. So it's confusing, and I don't mean to confuse the audience. It's just that's the way FICO is. They have a lot of different scores, a lot of different models that predict a lot of different things. But when you get a FICO score, all three bureaus have one. So TransUnion, Equifax, Experian, they all have their own FICO score model that FICO creates for them um, that fundamentally works the same. It's just all of the data that you have on your credit report doesn't report to all three bureaus, which is why your scores are typically different. So each bureau has its own FICO score. There's a lot of different score models and scorecards that are out there creating even more variations of scores that you'll see um, when you're, whether you're getting them on your credit card bill or, or applying for a home loan. What type of businesses, kind of getting back to the business side of things, should have business credit? I mean, is it necessary? Is it just something you have – for emergencies or I mean should every business seek to have that or do you you know a lot of people just want to pay for things as they go if I don't have the cash I'm not buying it you know you know what what do you suggest I think it's perfect. I mean, look, we, you know, a lot of us follow Dave, Dave Ramsey. A lot of us, you know, listen to this advice of not accumulating debt, and I think it makes sense. You know, I'm, I'm on the personal side. I'm not an advocate of debt either. But in the business world, you have to change your mindset because in the business world, the companies that are the biggest companies and that grow to be the most successful, they've mastered using other people's money to grow. Um, and you use Walmart as an example. You know, what most people don't realize is that Walmart actually buys. 80% of what they put on their shelves using credit, and then you come in, buy the item, you pay them, they take your money and use it to pay off that credit. It's a brilliant strategy. It's why they're the number one retailer in the world, because 80% of what they sell is paid for by the people that buy it before they even buy it. So again, wow. you know, and you, you look at companies even like Apple. It, why is Apple borrow so much money when they're sitting on billions of actual cash? Well, it's because there's so many benefits of using other people's money to grow. So it, you're going to grow faster if you have access to capital. If you're using other people's money, if you're borrowing money versus just using your profits, you're going to grow faster regardless. Um, and what you described earlier is what everybody's going to run into. If you don't build business credit and you're growing a successful business, you get to a point where you're going to need a credit line. You're going to need a loan. And when you get to that point, if you don't have business credit established, your chances of getting approved are significantly lowered. And your rates, even if you were to get approved, are going to be significantly higher. Because, again, you're applying for business financing or credit with no credit profile and score. So that's going to be a massive roadblock in you being able to obtain capital when you need it. So my advice, get it right from the beginning. You know, I talked to a client the other day, and we actually had them on a live webinar, and they came in, they used business credit to go from a startup to a $1.2 million accounting firm within the course of a year. 
That's very tough to do using your own money, but they were very wise to be able to use credit to be able to do so. So in my opinion, everybody should have credit from the beginning. You don't want to personally be liable for what takes place in your business. We all know it's easier to grow with capital, um, and that also helps make it a lot easier for you to get the money you're really going to need as your business grows and becomes more successful. Cool. All right, so let me ask you this. How does a business start? you know, a business credit profile and score? Like, what are what are steps one, two, and three? Well, the first step is to recognize that you're applying for credit with no social, which means they, you have no business credit, you're not giving them your personal credit, so understand that everything on your application has a lot of weight into your initial approvals. You need to have a business address. If you don't, get a virtual address at places like Regis, which is R-E-G-U-S. Uh, Regis is a company that offers virtual addresses if you're a home-based business, but you want to use a physical address on the application. You want to have a business phone, not a home phone or cell phone. You need to have a website and a professional business email address. Just every line item on that application should reflect that you are legitimate and that you have a credible business. Then the next step is that, and this is crucial, this is the most important step of the process, is that you need to go and find vendors that actually report to the business credit reporting agencies, one, and two, will give you credit even if you have none. Now, some of those include Uline, Quill, Reliable Office Supplies, um, Monopolize Your Marketplace, Lachlan & Associates. So these type of creditors will give you credit when you have none. You can get credit with them, buy their product services, pay that back. They'll report it to the business reporting agencies. That gives you that crucial profile and score you need. And then in about 60 days to 90 days when that's established, you have that profile and score. Then you just do what you would normally do with credit. You start applying with you know, store credit cards at places like Amazon and, and Dell, Home Depot, Lowe's, Costco, Sam's Club, um, Best Buy. I mean, almost all major retailers offer revolving business credit cards. And when you get about five vendor accounts, you need to then get to store accounts like I just described. When you get ten total accounts, then you can go to places like Costco and Home Depot, get their commercial cards, which are like Visa MasterCards you can use anywhere. Um, and so, again, you know, you come in, make sure you're set up credibly. You get five vendor accounts. I named a bunch to be able to do so. Then when those report, you start applying for store credit. When you have ten total accounts, you, you start applying for cash credit. And then just like you would consumer credit, you continue to build it from that point. So just to be clear, an email that says Jim at Hotmail is not going to do it, <laughs> right? Or or party dude at Hotmail would not do it either. <laughs> and using your Facebook profile at your website, yeah, that won't cut it. Yeah, it won't uh, cut it. And, and these lenders have searches where they know this too. So if you you know you think you're going to get away with a mobile phone or a home phone, they know immediately that it, it is what it is, and that alone gets you denied. Of course they do. I got time for one more uh, question. How fast can a business start to build credit? So like they do everything you just said with the with the store cards and 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 the other things. How fast can they expect to have a credit profile and get it working for them? Well, it will take about a week maybe to make sure that your business is set up credibly. Once you've done so, you can immediately start applying for credit. Um, and again, it takes on average about 60 days for those items to report, up to 90 days for those to report to the business reporting agencies. Then you have a credit profile and score. If you have that credit profile score in five accounts, then 60 days into this process, you're able to start getting pretty good size limit store credit cards. So about two to you know 5,000 usually. 
um, store credit cards, and then it takes you about, let's say, 120 days total to start getting five, ten thousand dollars cash credit cards, Visa cards, Mastercards. You can use anywhere. So about a week to set up the credibility, about you know 60 days to get to store credit, about 120 days total to start getting to actual cash credit. Ty, you've been a wealth of information, man. I think we can go for another hour. How can people learn more about you? Like, what's a website they can connect with you and um, and and tell me about your books, also? Sure. Well, on our on our main website, which is creditsuite.com, and that's creditsuite s u i t e dot com uh, forward slash e i n. If they go to creditsuite.com forward slash e i n, we've got a great guide that walks them through step by step exactly how they can build their business credit in depth. Uh, and anybody that's interested in me or you know taking a look at the books that I have, uh, they can go to my website, which is tycrandall.com, and that's Ty, which is T-Y. My last name is Crandall, C-R-A-N-D-A-L-L.com. Um, and right there from the site, they can link to Amazon, and they can uh, take a look at the books as well. Ty, thank you so much, man. It's been a real pleasure uh, having you on my program. Well, thank you so much. It's really been an honor being here. I had a lot of fun. Cool. Hey, folks, that wraps up this very special episode of Stick Like Glue Radio with uh, business and credit expert Ty Crandall. I suggest you uh, check out his books and connect with him to learn more. Stick Like Glue Radio is the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Again, all great things. I'm your host, Jim Palmer, your dream business coach, and I am committed to helping you build a more profitable business faster. Watch for another great episode of Stick Like Glue Radio this time next week. And until then, keep taking action, keep moving forward, and don't ever, ever, ever give up. Hey, go out there and do something nice for somebody today. Take care, everybody. You've been listening to Stick Like Glue Radio, the only podcast dedicated to helping you create an everlasting bond with your customers so they stay longer, spend more, and refer more. Stick Like Glue Radio features Jim Palmer's unique brand of smart marketing and business building advice for action-oriented entrepreneurs. To make sure you don't miss a single profit-boosting show, subscribe to this podcast at iTunes and www.getjimpalmer.com. To learn more about Jim's Dream Business Coaching and Mastermind program, visit www.dreambizcoaching.com. That's www.dreambizcoaching.com. If you know other entrepreneurs looking for the fastest way to hire profits in their business, please tell them about the Stick Like Glue radio podcast. Now, go and implement what you've learned and boost your profits. See you next week for more Stick Like Glue radio.